Hey, it's Greg Dickerson here. Today we are talking about the best types of commercial real estate to invest in and basically the six types of commercial real estate. Uh, most people think there's four, but there's actually six. Uh, so you have office, retail, industrial, multifamily is actually commercial real estate. Uh, then you have land and you have hospitality, you know, hotels and resorts and things like that. Um, but let's talk about the best asset classes, the best type of commercial real estate that, to, to invest in right now. When you look at the overall sector, multifamily is very hot right now. It's a very safe asset class to be investing in. Um, basically, you know, people are going to need housing. Um, you know, the population is still growing. The trends and the information uh, across the board, across the nation right now is that there is a um, lack of supply of new units in the pipeline for multifamily. Now, some areas are a little bit more oversupplied than others. But overall, uh, in most of the major markets, there seems to be a lack of new construction in the pipeline. So there is a very high demand for multifamily properties right now for apartments. Uh, we have a growing population. A lot more people are renting now than owning. Uh, a, lot more, a lot more people are moving and more transient for jobs now than they were in the past. Uh, so that's you know contributing towards rentership and contributing towards people uh, renting apartments. If they're moving around for jobs, they're less likely to own a house and accumulate a lot of stuff. They want to keep it lean and, and be able to move quickly and nimbly for a job. So multifamily is, um, is a very good place to be. It's safe. You can diversify over a number of units and buy bigger properties. You can grow and scale your investing business very quickly. It's easy to finance, especially the bigger deals. It's easier to find investors to go in with you. And it's a pretty safe hedge against an economic event like we saw in 2009. Um, you know, people have to have somewhere to live. They're going to pay rent. And, you know, let's say economic Armageddon happens and real estate becomes worth zero. The dollar loses value and we're just in a barter economy, right? Let's just assume that that, that could happen. And if you have housing, if you have places for people to live, then you have something that's of value and you have something that you can trade uh, at the end of the day. So housing, especially multifamily, is a very safe place to be, very safe asset. That's why it's in such high demand right now. That's why cap rates are so compressed. Uh, it's becoming more and more difficult to find deals. Uh, there are some great ways to find deals. I'll make another video on that, on how to find off-market multifamily deals when we're done with this one. But right now, uh, multifamily is the first uh, asset class that I recommend that if you're gonna get into commercial real estate, uh, I would start with multifamily and I would start big. Find a mentor and get somebody who knows what they're doing to help you and just start with bigger properties. They're easier to finance, they're easier to scale, they're easier to raise money. Um, from private investors to go into those deals with you. They're easier to syndicate. You can syndicate small deals. You can syndicate residential duplexes, quads, you know, things like that. But, you know, if you're going to do it, it's going to cost you the same amount of money, time, energy, effort to syndicate a fourplex as it is a hundred unit deal. Uh, and the same time amount, you know, time, energy, and effort to do a hundred unit deal as it will a three or 400 unit deal. So, um, you know, start thinking big, start looking big and, and open yourself up to the opportunities. Uh, the second main asset class that a lot of people are looking at right now uh, is industrial, more specifically on the industrial side, mini storage, right? So just like apartments, mini storage uh, is really hot right now. It's a good market to be in. Um, there seems to be, when you look at the indicators and the metrics of the industry, there seems to be a need for more units. So there's uh, a lot of development in the pipeline. It's an easy product to develop. Uh, it's slabs and uh, metal buildings for the, for, for the most part. Uh, some of them have a retail component, retail look to them. Um, so there's a lot of opportunity in the mini storage uh, sector that is a retail business. So before you get into it, just make sure you study it and you understand that it is a retail business. 
there are third-party management companies to manage those assets for you. And once again, on just like on multifamily, on storage, you know, you don't generate a lot of rent per unit, so you need a lot of units to scale and to grow. So if you're going to get into that business, make sure you go big, get a lot of units, and uh, and grow and scale that business as well. Uh, then you have the office sector, uh, office uh, product, and you know, office can be a good asset depending on what it is. If you're going to look at office, office, I would look at medical, dental, you know, professional services that aren't going to go away in the case uh, of a shrinking or contracting economy. Uh, once again, you want to stick with the core services that people need and uh, stick with offices that uh, that people have to have: dentists, doctors, lawyers, accountants, you know, things like that. Professionals that that uh, that need professional office space. The thing to think about with offices are a lot of times they, unless you have a multi-tenant building, uh, you know, if you have a single uh, tenant office building, uh, you lose that tenant, it can sit vacant, vacant for quite a while, it can be hard to fill. When you turn tenants over, a lot of times new tenants have different requirements and you have to spend a lot of money in tenant improvements that you need to offer to your tenants. So you have to keep a, um, a capital expense account um, ready for tenant turnover. It can be very costly, very expensive. That's, that's one thing that's attractive about multifamily and even more attractive about uh, self-storage is that your turnover, turnover costs are almost nothing in self-storage uh, and they're very minimal in apartments. Whereas with office, it can get expensive to turn over and rent a new space to a new tenant uh, or an existing space to a new tenant. So uh, I would be careful with office uh, in your major markets, in the urban downtown centers, uh, there's a lot of demand, but when you start getting out into the suburbs and the suburban office parks, there's a lot of vacancy and uh, a lot of those buildings are, are being converted into other uses like senior living and apartments and things like that. Uh, some of them are being turned into hotels. So uh, I'd be careful with that. Um, the uh, next asset class that we're going to talk about is retail. You know, again, retail can be tricky um, and it can be expensive when you're turning over tenants. Um, and when you have vacancies, uh, you know, neighborhood strip centers can be good because again, it's core services. Uh, people need, you know, the takeout restaurants, they need the nail salons, they need the hair salons, they need the dry cleaners, um, things like that. Uh, pizza takeout, Chinese food, you know, all of the suburban uh, core services, the coffee shops, things like that. So the suburban strip centers can be really good, especially if you have an anchor tenant like a Starbucks or, or something like that. Uh, so those could be some really good assets to own. Uh, I would be very careful with clothing and with discretionary spending items when it comes to retail uh, tenants in your properties. Um, as you know, the online retail is taken over online and, and it's putting a lot of uh, brick and mortar retailers out of business. So uh, be careful with retail, but it can still be good if you understand it. Also, um, you know, the triple net lease tenants like a pharmacy or a uh, restaurant or something like that can be good. But again, you got to be careful. If the company goes bankrupt, then you're stuck holding a building that's really only suited for that one particular tenant. Um, so that can be a little bit tricky. So I like to play things on the safer side. I like to diversify and spread my risk out over a multiple of tenants. I don't like single tenant assets, but uh, that's a great business. A lot of people do very well with it, especially like a Dollar General or a Dollar Tree or Family Dollar, those types of stores. Uh, those are really uh, gaining a lot of momentum. And uh, those are great assets for, for investors and developers. Um, so we talked about industrial on the self-storage side. Also industrial warehouses can be good, whether you have single tenants or multiple tenants. Um, I like to take old warehouses and clean them up and uh, put multiple tenants in an open industrial office, well not office, but an industrial space uh, environment with multiple tenants. Maybe you've got some artists in there, you've got uh, some brewery uh, clients or distilleries or um, you know, some sort of small manufacturers, business startups, uh, you know, things like that. 
that could be a lot of fun. That could be a really cool use for an old building that's just kind of sitting there in the middle of somewhere that just doesn't seem like it fits. Or you could do an adaptive reuse where uh, part of it is residential, part of it is commercial um, with a restaurant or some of these other spaces like I was talking about. So warehouses can be really good. I would be careful with single use uh, industrial buildings again, unless you have a really, and you've got a big building nowhere in some industrial park. But I like to stick with industrial uses within urban cores and try to reuse them, repurpose them, or some that are kind of like in suburban areas that are in some neighborhood areas that you can you can carve them up and do multi-tenant uses like I'm talking about. Uh, then you have um, hospitality. Hotels can be great and investments. Again, it's a it's a retail, well, not a retail business, well, you know, somewhat retail. You've got a restaurant in there. You've got, um, you know, goods and services that you sell in addition to uh, the rooms. But the interesting thing about a hotel versus an apartment is you can adjust your rates daily. In an apartment, you're kind of stuck. You can adjust them maybe uh, monthly if you've got month-to-month tenants, but you're stuck for the year for the most part. But in a hotel, you can uh, you can respond to the economy. You can respond to uh, events in the economy with your daily, daily rates. And if people uh, need short-term housing, you know, motels and hotels are great things to own because you can offer affordable short-term housing for people that maybe are in between and can't afford apartments or something like that. So um, hotels can be great assets to own as well. Um, but again, that's a, that's a business that requires a lot of proprietary knowledge, uh, tricks of the trade. It's got its own language. It's got its own metrics. Very different than any other business because you, you basically have a retail business within a real estate asset. So uh, you really need to know what you're doing there. And, and again, there's third-party management companies that can operate those for you if you're buying the larger hotels. And, um, and then finally, we have, um, well, I guess we've talked about all the asset classes. So we talked about multifamily. We talked about uh, office, retail, industrial, hospitality, and then uh, multifamily. And of course, land uh, is, is the final land development. Uh, can be a good business. You can either land bank where you buy land in a growing emerging area and you just kind of sit on it and uh, wait for the, uh, the demand. Uh, if you're looking for somewhere to just kind of park some cash, that can be good. And then land development is a whole nother animal in and of itself. Again, a lot of things to know, uh, a lot of things to be careful with. Land development can be tricky right now. Everybody's busy. Site work is expensive. Utility work is expensive. Uh, you can be down zoned at any, any point along the process until you get your entitlements. So you want to be careful not to close on the land until you get all your entitlements. You want to be careful to make sure you do your environmental studies so that you don't have any contaminants stored on the property or old vehicles or buildings or, you know, depending on the size of the property, uh, rare um, grasses or plants or organisms or um, endangered creatures or things like that. So there's a lot of things to look out for when you're doing land development. And you want to make sure that you get all your entitlements and all your approvals before you close on the land. You want to make sure you contract it and give yourself plenty of time to get, get the approvals done and, uh, and talk to your potential end buyers, whether you're doing a residential subdivision, you want to make sure that there's a demand from the builders in the community. Uh, you don't want to just go out in the middle of nowhere because land's cheap and think that you're going to create something that people are going to want to come to. Um, and gas prices can, can make a huge difference uh, in commuter, uh, you know, people's, uh, um, you know, desire to commute. Uh, if gas prices are really high, people may not want to drive more than 10, 15, 20 miles uh, for a cheaper, uh, cheaper house, you know, or, or, you know, uh, even more expensive housing can be further out. But gas prices can affect people's decisions to commute and decisions on where they're going to live. So you got to watch that, be sensitive to that. And, um, you know, if you're doing a residential uh, development, if you're doing commercial, a lot of people think, 
land that is zoned commercial, you know, is worth more automatically just because it's commercial. It's not always true. It depends on where it's at, what the demand is, what the needs are in the community and uh, whether or not you can even get anybody to develop the property. So just because it's zoned commercial doesn't always mean that's the best use for it. And it doesn't always mean that that is going to bring the highest and best price. It just means that it's zoned commercial. You may have to find another use for it, rezone it. It might be better used as residential or agricultural or, or whatever. Uh, so uh, those are the things to watch out for for land. Uh, those are the asset classes we talked about. Right now, I feel like multifamily, self-storage, uh, are probably two of the better uh, investments right now in the commercial sector. Uh, certain retails can be good, land development can be good, but it's a long-term play and uh, warehouses can be really good. So those are my thoughts on the best types of commercial assets to invest in. And I hope you enjoy these videos. I will make uh, another video here about how to find off-market commercial properties, multifamily properties, how to go direct to sellers. Uh, that'll be the next video. And I hope you have a great day.